It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. So much has happened in the last two weeks. Last week, I pulled one of my older podcasts and aired it because I was on a cruise. So within the last two weeks, here's what all went down. I took a cruise for a week to the Western Caribbean out of Miami. I lost my best friend in Dallas, not on the cruise, just in general. I met a guy who I thought had potential for something serious and then wound up realizing it was just really bad timing for both of us. What else? Oh, how could I forget? I found out I have ovarian cancer again and started the new medication, which is a hell of a lot better than it was the last time. So all of that stuff happened in really the last two weeks. Do I seem like the type of woman who lives and leads a normal life? I mean, it gets to the point where even I say, this is ridiculous already. Firstly, the cruise was wonderful. Oh, I danced every single night. I met two groups of people. One group was from Pittsburgh that were loud as shit, (laughs) but... I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, so I'm used to it. The other group was a fairly social singles group that constantly tried to bring me in and have me socialize with them. And it got to the point where as much as I appreciated the efforts they were making to bring me in, I finally had to say to them, listen, I'm here on my own because I want to be. I really do so appreciate you trying to have me feel comfortable. But if I want to find you, I will. And if you don't mind me tagging along at that point, I'd be very gracious. Now, how much better could I have said that? I know I could have done it more in a Southern way. Well, bless your heart. My stomach is a little bit upset today. If you don't mind, I think I'm going to just mosey on off by myself into my cabin and just sit on the balcony. Oh, and read. But no, I just have to blurt out the truth. Anyway, a couple things happened on that cruise. Day one, in that singles section in the heart of the boat, everybody was introduced to each other. And the first thing that was said to me by one of the women that was single in the group was, my God, you have magnificent breasts. <laughs> and... You know, it's not the everyday comment that you normally receive, let alone from another woman. And I said to her, well, thank you. She goes, and I'm not gay. I have no idea where that came from, where it was going. I just, you know, shrugged it off and moved on to somebody else. I saw her again. She's one of the ones that kept insisting I hang with the group. And one night she came up to me while I was on the dance floor And she says, I'm going to bed. And she leaned over and she kissed me on the cheek, like a really soft, nice kiss. Almost sensual. Almost. It's two episodes. I was so certain that I should bring dresses and heels to match. I mean, I packed all dresses and heels and maybe one bathing suit and a pair of shorts. That's it. That's all I needed. I finally did the right thing. And I have to say, I outdid myself on that dance floor. I didn't care if anybody was dancing with me. I did the same thing on the last cruise. 
I would get up the minute they'd start playing a song I liked, and I would just move right to the middle and start dancing. I didn't care if anybody saw me, watched me, wanted to join me. It felt wonderful to be under the stars with a breeze in one of your most beautiful dresses and high heels, looking as good as you can possibly be, and have everybody surround you on the dance floor, dancing with you. Like I was floating in between one person, then another person, and people would follow me. It was just so much fun. I highly suggest you try it by yourself one time, just one time in your life, and try and afford a balcony room, a stateroom. Make sure the balcony is facing the ocean. Believe it or not, they have it the other way too, facing the inside of the boat. Who the hell wants to see that? I went to Belize. I went to Cozumel. I went to Rotan. I'm still not sure of the pronunciation of that. A very depressed-looking area, and I had all the alcohol I wanted and all the food I wanted. It was all part of the package. And truthfully, I don't drink a whole lot and I don't eat a whole lot. But it was nice to know that I could get up at three o'clock in the morning and go grab something. I met a guy on the boat. <laughs> And we started to talk about him and his wife. And I asked where she was. He said she didn't want to join. She just wanted to stay home. She said she got seasick. And I can understand that. But he says, no, it's not the truth. He says, we have no marriage. We have no social life. There's nothing going on that's keeping me there. We have no kids. I said, so why are you there? It's the age-old question that I'm constantly asking men. Why do you stay? And I ask women the same thing. Ah, it's just too much effort. I said again. So you're going to spend the rest of your life like this, hoping to meet somebody that strikes an interest that you want to talk to and spend time with that you know you can't have. Well, by the time I was done with him, I think his head was spinning a little bit. But man, could he dance! We tore up the dance floor. And I said to him while we were dancing to pour some sugar on me. I mean, I should have had a pole. I said to him, "You're here with your family, like his aunts, his uncles, cousins, brothers and sisters." I said, "Don't you think they're going to be talking to your wife about you and I, the way we've been dancing together a lot?" He goes, "Let them talk." <laughs> you know, he's so done that he said, "Let them talk. Just give them something to talk about." Mm-hmm. Since then, he's texted me a few times, and I've reciprocated. And I don't ask him, "What have you done with your life lately?" I actually wanted to ask him if he felt like he still had sea legs. It took a good five days before I felt like I wasn't on a rocking boat. He too had the same problem, and he too is still married. I know it's only a week, but you know, things can move pretty quickly when you set your mind to something. At least in my head, they do. I lost my best Dallas friend. He cared too much for me, in the wrong way. I did not lead him on. I never led him to believe that there was anything more than there was, and yet he is the one that wound up a mess, because I guess secretly he was hoping that I would see him in a different light, and he was trying different things, and I mean. He couldn't have been more kind, more sweet, more generous, and more of a great friend. So much so that I felt like I got sick 
after he said, well, I can't see you anymore. We can't be friends anymore. I felt like I lost my other half because he's really the only person I'm friends with, good friends with, in Dallas. So I'm suffering through that, as is he. But I don't know what else to tell him. I can't be something I'm not. If that were the case, I'd still be freaking married. It's just ridiculous. How is it that I'm not allowed to act like myself without every other man in the world going crazy? Aren't there other women out there that just act themselves and men jump off bridges or try to make them change to adhere to their wishes? What's up with this? I tell you from the beginning who I am, what I want, what I don't want, and what I expect of you. I don't expect you to change. I'm not asking for anything from anyone, unless it's a serious relationship. I'm just sick of it. And then he sends me flowers. And what am I supposed to do with that? One minute he's telling me, I can't talk to you. And I'm sorry. And I know it's my fault. And I know that I shouldn't have allowed this to happen. But I just can't talk to you. And then he sends me flowers. So I can't even call him to say thank you because I feel like the wound might be just starting to scab over. And if I call to say thank you, it's going to break wide open again. I'll tell you, it is not easy being me. Then I met somebody else. And do you know that a very similar situation happened in a very short time? We talked the whole time I was on the cruise. I got off the cruise. We met. We spend a couple days together, and it's just so funny because I only met him a day or two before the cruise, and we had this connection going. So I thought, you know, this had promise. It was so unusual the way it happened, so quick and spontaneous. And then we spent a few days together, and it just didn't work. Now, I know you're out there thinking, it's got to be her. It's just got to be her. Why doesn't it ever work? She's on all these dating sites. She meets all these guys and she can't find one that she's happy with. Well, maybe it is me. I'm not denying that fact. I'm just saying I know what I want. I am flexible, but there are certain things I am extremely set in my ways about. One of them is if you can't take care of you, how are you going to take care of me? And I'm talking health-wise. Don't come to me when you're, you know, 300 pounds and tell me you're on a diet. Come to me after you lose the 50, 60 pounds. Then we'll talk. You see what I mean? Don't tell me that you love sex and you love kissing and then not be able to get it up in the bedroom. That's just almost lying by omniscient or whatever that is. It's withholding the truth. It's maybe he's thinking, now he, I'm saying in general, anybody that might suffer from this problem, maybe he's thinking that if the right woman comes along, that problem will disappear. Well, you know, it's possible that it could, but there's always the possibility that it won't. And now what are you going to do? Now I'm in a position where I'm the one that looks like the bitch because I already brought it up ahead of time saying, I don't have the patience for it. I can't help it. But if I'm going to have a sexual relationship with somebody, I want a real sexual relationship. I don't want to have to do something else to have something else happen. Like I want it all. 
<laughs> there are so many women out there that don't want anything to do with sex at all, and here I am saying I want all of it. <sighs> and a lot of the time, I don't mean like once a day. I'd like to have it every day, but I don't want to have to work for it. And also, call me crazy, call me spoiled, call me hard to please. But I like to tease. Don't you? I like to see the reaction from him based on what I've done to tease him. It turns me on to see him turned on by something I've done. And it's a feeling of defeat when it doesn't work. Oh, I do sound like a spoiled brat. I really, really do. But I don't mean to. So that blew up in smoke. Cancer. Okay, so for the last six weeks, I've been going and I've been getting my numbers checked. And while I have you here, let me not forget to remind you, get your physical, go to your OBGYN, go to your gynecologist, have your blood drawn. If there's cancer that runs in your family, get a BRCA test, get a CA-125 test, just to make sure that you're okay. It doesn't hurt. It's a blood test and it could save your life. Okay, so I got that out of the way, and I, I've preached, and I mean what I say. All right, I'm done there. And for six weeks, I've noticed that my number went up a little bit each time, which that's not like me, not when I'm in remission. So as it turns out, it's back. And the new regimen is no chemo. This is what I was told. Now we have pills that act in the way chemo does. You can get sick from these pills. And now, mind you, I found all of this out two days before my cruise, which meant I was going on this cruise knowing that I'm coming back and I'm going to be taking a new medication. I don't know how I'm going to react to it. I don't know if I'm going to be throwing up, nauseous, sleeping all the time, aching. My God, I can get bone marrow cancer from this drug if I have a bad reaction. My white count can drop so that I need blood transfusions. All this shit is going through my mind while I'm busy telling this woman on the cruise, you know, do you mind just leaving me the fuck alone? When I want to join you, I'll join you. Yes, that's how I said it in my head. I didn't say it out loud. I already told you how I said it out loud. But still, I had a lot on my mind then I got back from the cruise and the drug was a week late. I just started it three days ago. So far, very mild symptoms, like nothing I would even discuss. But it's only day three. And I do remember being on chemo, which uh, day four, five, and six were the worst. So I'm recording to you on a good day. And I'll let you know what happens. I think I should be okay. No hair loss, no bloating, no throwing up so far. I am a little bit tired. I can hear it in my voice when I record or talk. You know, it's part of this cancer. It's chronic, which means it really never goes away. It's just one of those things that you put it away for as long as you can. And when it rears its ugly head, you just take care of it. And as my doctor says, I will not die from ovarian cancer. I will probably die with ovarian cancer. I might be 90, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. If I can withstand these drugs, but I do have to tell you one thing that really pretty much blew my mind was I was waiting for FedEx or UPS to bring this box of pills to my house. 
I waited all day for this box of pills. Then I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take the dogs. I'm going to go for a walk. Went for a couple miles. And about two miles from my house, I see a UPS truck. And I see the guy getting out of the truck. Now, mind you, it's not right around the corner. And I said to him, have you been to my street name? And he says, what's your house number? And I told him, he goes, damn. He says, I just had your box in my hands. He says, it's one of my next stops. He says, I picked up the box and I looked at it and I wasn't sure where to fit it into the route. I said, I'll take it. (laughs) Talk about being in the right place at the right time. He says, you sure? I said, yeah. So I took the box and I had it in my hands while I walked the dog for the two miles back. I guess things are meant to be. And I began. And I'm good. And I'm strong. And I'm going to fight this again. This is the third time. I've got multiple capes. I've told you this before. They are all different colors. When I'm feeling really insecure, I'll put one on before I go to bed at night. And I pray that I don't strangle myself by the time I wake up in the morning. (laughs) I'm really okay. What would make me very, very happy is if you just go to the doctor, just double check yourself or tell your daughter, you know, they're susceptible too. Four of my children were tested for the BRCA gene. It's B-R-C-A and it's for ovarian cancer and breast cancer. Two of my children tested positive, two negative. The ones who tested positive were devastated. I tried to explain to them, don't be devastated because you, out of all four, have the opportunity to be proactive early. You can go have mammograms when you are 30. You don't have to wait till you're 40. You can go have a CA-125 at the age of 25 to stay on top of this like I did. I mean, I was in my 50s when it hit me, but imagine, I mean, I caught it early. Maybe I had had it for a long time and it hadn't grown. Maybe I could have caught it five years earlier and I wouldn't have had to have an operation as massive as I had. And the other thing I want to tell you, men are afraid of this disease, ovarian cancer. They think, oh my God, My wife is never going to want to have sex with me again. Some of her parts are going to fall off. She's going to dry up like an old prune. She's going to be worth nothing. But I have to pretend to be okay with her. Well, let me just tell you from firsthand experience, none of the above is true. I still have a very strong sexual desire, drive, appetite. Nothing dries up. All my parts are working fine. Are yours? (laughs) I mean, that's the first question I'd like to ask any guy. (sighs) There is nothing that changes except a woman who doesn't have a strong partner or a strong inner soul within herself to pull herself up and through it. Depression is the only thing that can manifest from ovarian cancer. But if you're a strong woman like we are, You'll just walk on by and dance right through it. See, I'm dancing as fast as I can. Until next time, I'm just glad that you're able to hang out and listen to me rant. I never stay on topic, it seems, as of late, but I got a lot on my mind. If you'd like to reach out to me, do so right there on iTunes. Please leave me a review. 
If you like what I'm talking about, tell me so and tell me something you'd like me to approach. If you would like to talk with me on a podcast, I'd be more than happy to have you on. I love talking to people and I love talking with someone. So please leave me your email, your name, however you want to do it, or you can email me at robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. So iTunes, maybe click a star or five. (laughs) It'll make me feel really good. I'm not playing the cancer card here. I'm being sincere. If you like the podcast, click a few stars or just say hello or write me, robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. Also, go to my website. It's lots of fun, sugarmom.net. Every podcast I have on iTunes, I throw up on the website as well. There's a store where I sell Sugar Mom t-shirts. My book is there, The Diary of a Sugar Mom. You can buy the audiobook, the ebook, the paperback book, however you like to absorb a novel. I've got it. It's also on Amazon if you'd rather, but my site's a little bit easier to manipulate. The Diary of a Sugar Mom. And I'll talk to you next week. It's always wonderful to have you in my corner. Thank you. It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom.